We talked about fear a few months back. Do you remember that? And we all did the renunciation prayer for the spirit of fear because the parish leadership team and I discerned that that was Satan's plan for us. That was part of his plan for this particular parish, that the spirit of fear would come against us and would mess with us, keep us where we're at, just generally get us off track for his plan for our salvation. So we prayed that prayer together. This is kind of the second part of that homily, because fear is a spirit that controls you. It seeks to control you. And uh, it's very good at doing that. You know me, I call it the devil's gesso. So if you're familiar with painting, you know, if you gesso, you can gesso a canvas with like a monochrome color. And that color keeps all the other colors, everything else you do on that canvas where it's at. It affects it and it, and it keeps it there. And so fear is like the devil's gesso. He primes our hearts with that dark color of fear because fear is just good at, at keeping us where we're at. Think about the fight, flight, freeze response. When animals or like even humans are confronted with some kind of danger, like we can run away, we can try to hurt the thing that's coming at us, or we can freeze. And this is the freezing. Fear keeps us frozen. And that's what Satan wants, because being a Christian is an intrinsically progressive modality of life. We're supposed to be going forward. You enter it, and Jesus says, I love you so much, there's no conceivable way I'm going to let you stay where you're at. There's no conceivable way I'm going to let you stay broken and sinful. Let's do this human life thing as it's supposed to be done. And then you're off. Then you're like in the river of the Spirit of God. And at that point, you either dig deep and you make the difficult decision to change your life, to match our Lord, or through fear, you fade away into mediocrity. And we call ourselves Christians, but we don't actually live it. I would say the majority of the Catholic Church is, is there. It's in that spot, not actually practicing. That's the W for the evil one. That's the win for him. If he can just convince us that we don't need to change, he wins. If he can just convince us, like, we got it under control, we're adults, we can figure this out. Who needs this healing business, Father? Give it a rest. Me and my family are awesome. Beloved, he's got you right where he wants you. Trepidation mixed with pride and a dash of faith. Right where he wants you. And I don't want us to be there as a parish. But that's where Peter was at probably for most of his life. He was just in that mode. And this is just one very fancy, very in-your-face example of that pattern. And the pattern's pretty simple, and I, I know it in my own life as well. It's like you have some kind of experience with Jesus, 
and you're on board, awesome. But then something goes sideways. And when it goes sideways, you suddenly realize, oh, it's actually hard to be a Christian. It's hard to be a Catholic. In fact, it's impossible. I actually require supernatural health to do it. And that pushes us down. And in that space, we can kind of push back on our Lord, blow Him off, test Him, doubt Him, almost dare Him to say, yeah, like, guide me in the midst of this. And if we remain faithful, no matter how shaky our hearts are, He does. And that initially works. Like, all right, great. Fantastic. Like, thank you. But then again, we see how hard it is. And we start to fail at it. We start to sink in it. And at that point, we have no choice but to cry out, Lord, save me, like Peter did. We're just thinking, what else are you going to do? And he does. But here's the thing. He puts us back in the boat. He put Peter back in the boat. Because of our fear and our doubt, we regress. We go back to where we were rather than progressing. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a f pretty familiar pattern to me if we're trying to live the faith, right? We get closer to the Lord, get farther away, closer, farther away, closer, farther away. We're walking, we're sinking, we're walking, we're sinking, we're walking, we're sinking. So how do we get out of it? We get out of it by focusing on the progress. Like I said, Christianity is inherently progressive. We're not supposed to end up back in the boat. We're supposed to be running on the face of the water with Jesus. Just running on the face of the water. In our Catholic life, you know, the faith that we have, we should be able to at least sometimes subjectively perceive the progress that we're making. Oh, great, I was struggling with this thing, and now I'm not. It was super hard to set my 15 minutes of prayer for the day in the morning, and now I just do it, like showering or drinking coffee or anything else. It's, it's inter integrated into my life. I don't struggle with that anymore. That's progress. If we can't perceive that progress, it's probably not happening. And if it's not happening, we're choosing to be spiritually stuck where we're at. Our heart is primed with fear to be stuck. That's not what our Lord wants for us. He didn't incarnate Himself and die on the cross and raise from the dead so we could be stuck. He did it so we could be peaceful, joyful, victorious in this life and in the one to come. So here's the two things I want us to think about, the meditation for this week. Think about the last time that you subjectively perceived Jesus working in your life. You knew He did something. Like you absolutely knew He did something, and it changed you. What was that? This last week for me, it was being in 
humid, humid Florida thinking, Lord, why did you bring me here to America's basement? Like, I, I don't understand why I have to be specifically here doing this stuff. And then on the second to last day, the gal who was assigned to pray with me just started praying with me. And uh, out of nowhere, with no priming or warning or anything, something that I had totally forgotten just popped into my mind, clear as day. And how Satan was getting to me through that thing popped into my mind, clear as day. And the Holy Spirit in that moment posed the question to me, do you want to be free of this? And my heart said, yeah, I want to be free of everything that's not of you. And in about 15, 20 minutes, this dark, broken, wounded part of my heart was healed. And the effect of that was that this very latent, deep-seated anxiety that I feel 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, went down. That's what I'm talking about. If you're sitting there and you're thinking, I'm awesome, I don't need this, I guarantee you do. I guarantee there are things you can't even see within your own heart that Jesus already has picked out to touch and to heal and to correct so you can live like he's designed you to live. Two, I want you to think about what's the next thing you need him to do? What's the next thing you need him to do? I'm already thinking about the next things. It's like, okay, you did something. Let's do more. What's the next thing? Use your imagination. See him standing on that dark water of everything that causes you fear, whatever that is for you. In your mind, in your heart, see it and cry out to him from that place, not from the place where you think you should be, not from the ideal, but from that place. Call out to him, Lord, save me from my fear. Save me from everything that's keeping me from running on the water with you.